Welcome to the podcast of Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Come now long expected Jesus born to set thy people free from our fears and sins release us let us find our rest in thee Israel's strength and consolation Hope of all the earth thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a Born to reign in us forever, now thy gracious kingdom bring. By thine own eternal spirit, rule in all our hearts alone. By thine all-sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne. Come thou long-expected Jesus. The old, in the Old Testament, they sang that, O come, O come, Emmanuel. There was that desire that Jesus would come, that the Messiah would come, that one who would be Emmanuel. And uh, today we still look forward to His second coming, right? He has come the first time we live in the era of the Messiah, that He has come, that He has made Himself known. He has died on the cross. He has made Himself a signal to the nations, bringing all men to Himself. And yet we still long for His coming again in glory, coming again in power. Coming whenever the, the skies split and He comes in glory. This morning is the very first Sunday of Advent this year. And uh, the season of Advent is the season where we look forward to Christmas. It's a time of preparation of our hearts as we prepare to celebrate His coming on Christmas. Um, you can turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter uh, 17. And as you're turning there, um, when Amy and I were in seminary, when, when I was in seminary, and Amy was with me, of course, she, was, she got a PhD, put hubby through. Um, when I was in seminary in Louisville, we had a friend. We had actually a couple of friends that had an experience like this. But we had a friend who, um, he and his wife uh, longed to have a child, but uh, they were unable to have any children. They went to the doctors and um, 
whenever they had had the examination, they, they said, that there's no way, she'll never be able to have any child, and we recommend a hysterectomy. Well, they had this on the calendar. It was scheduled. She was going to be going in to get her hysterectomy. She would not be able to have any children after that. And what happened in the process was her husband's father came down with cancer. Well, there were a few months that went by, not very long, but his, his father um, dwindled down in health. But because of all the traveling that they had to do, going back and forth to be with his father, they canceled the plans for the hysterectomy. And after his father died, she got pregnant. This woman who wasn't supposed to be able to give birth, this woman who wasn't supposed to be able to conceive, who was called barren, was pregnant with a child. That, that's kind of a miracle to us. We see that. We, we see doctors can't explain it. And, and we see that's kind of a miracle. Well, something we see in the Old Testament is a pattern of God working that way. God, God works that way. And when we see a pattern throughout the Old Testament, something that happens time and time again, that's kind of pointing forward to something greater, uh, the, the, the scholarly word for that is typology. You've heard of types of Christ, maybe. Um, something about this Old Testament example points forward to something about Jesus. We see here in the story of Abraham a beginning of this unfolding pattern of a barren woman who was promised a child and then God delivered I'm going to read Genesis chapter 17, beginning of verse 1. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face. And God said, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings will come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you a la the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said to Abram, as for you, you shall keep my covenant. You and your offspring after you throughout their generations, this is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you you shall uh, every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male throughout your generations, whether born in your house or brought, bought with money, 
from any foreigner who is not of your offspring, both he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money shall be surely be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh, an everlasting covenant. Any circum- uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall, shall be her name. I will bless her. And moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael may live before you. God said, No. But Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him, and I will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall father twelve princes, and I will make him into a great nation. But I will establish my covenant with Isaac whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. And when he had finished talking with him, God went up from Abraham. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that you have spoken in days past. Lord, we thank you that you speak to us today through your word. Lord, we pray that you give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Give me strength, give me grace as I preach your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. We see Abraham, this father of the Jewish nation, who is given this promise. He's promised that he's going to have a child. He's a hundred years old. Can you imagine? We know someone, some people who are almost a hundred years old. <laughs> Can you imagine them coming and saying, God promised me I'm going to have a child? And yet God promised Abraham when he's that old that he was going to have a child. And he, he was so amused by this that he fell on his face laughing, laughing out loud. And Sarah had the same response. She just laughed. And God told him, you're going to name him Isaac. Word that means laughter. God promised that by that time, a year following, their child would be born. And I say this is typology. I say this is a, a, a picture that points forward to a pattern that we see throughout the rest of Scripture. This morning, we're going to do something a little different. Instead of focusing in on one text, we're going to look at the Bible as a whole and trace a line through Scripture and see this pattern of these barren women that are promised a child who then God delivers on His promise. The next time we see something 
is in, in Genesis chapter 30. In Genesis chapter 30, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but we see in chapter 30, the very beginning, it says, when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, she envied her sister. She said to Jacob, give me children or I shall die. Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel and he said, am I in the place of God who has withheld to you the fruit of the womb? Rachel, she was the one that Jacob loved, right? They, you remember the story where Jacob had gone and he'd worked for Laban. He worked for seven years so that he might marry Rachel. And yet Laban, his father-in-law, deceived him. So that whenever he, he went through the marriage ceremony, he woke up the next morning, looked next to him, and he realized, it's Leah. He's married Leah instead. You would think after seven years of working for Rachel and seven more years of working for Rachel again, that God would bless them with a child. But no, He held her womb closed because God could see God that, that uh, Jacob loved Rachel and so He blessed the one that was unloved. You ever feel like you're unloved? God can sometimes bring blessing to those who feel unloved, like Leah, who was there. She was the homely one. She was the ugly one. But yet God blessed her with children. She had more and more children. And Leah, Rachel, was just, she was heartbroken. She, she couldn't have any. And finally, Rachel was just, so overwhelmed with grief that she couldn't have any children that she gave Jacob a servant girl so that, so that uh, she could raise up children for her. And they had children, and what happened? Leah just kept on having more. And Rachel was just devastated. She couldn't have any children. And we come a little bit later in the passage. Verse 22 says, Then God remembered Rachel. He remembered her. She felt like she was forgotten. She felt like God doesn't even see me. But then in verse 22, God remembered Rachel. And God listened to her and opened her womb. And she conceived and bore a son. And said, God has taken away my reproach. She called his name Joseph saying, may the Lord add to me another son. We're beginning to see a pattern here. We saw it with Sarah. We saw it with Rachel. And we're going to see it again in Judges chapter 13. And here we see, and the people of Israel again did what was evil in the, eyes, in the sight of the Lord, so that God gave them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. There was a certain man of Zorah, the tribe of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are barren and have not born children, but to you, you shall conceive and bear a son. Again, God comes to this older couple who was unable to have children. They had no children. They felt like the reproach. They felt shame because they were unable to have any children. And God came to them and promised 
you will have a child. This child was Samson who rose up to be a savior for Israel. They were oppressed by the Philistines and Samson rose up to save them. Again, we see a picture of something that points forward to Jesus to come. This barren couple, unable to have children, and God promised them a child who would be born and save his people. And then we look forward again to Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 1. There was a certain man of Rephathaim, Zophim, of the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoram, Jorham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuth, and Ephrathite. He had two wives. We've heard something like this before, haven't we? Rachel and Leah. He had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Paniah. Paniah had children, but Hannah had no children. Sounds very similar to what we've already heard with Rachel and Leah. Now, this man, verse 3, this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh. There the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests to the Lord. And one day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would, on the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Paniah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. Again, sounds even more familiar. Sounds like Rachel and Leah. The unloved one was the one who was having all the children. And the one who Elkanah loved, Hannah, her womb was closed. And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year. And as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not more than ten sons? What an insensitive husband. (laughs) Why do you need a son for? You've got me. (laughs) Imagine. But we see this here, a pattern. A barren woman. We see Sarah. We see Rachel. We see the wife of Manoah. And now we see Hannah. And And Eli, the priest, tells Hannah she's going to have a child. And she does. And that was Samuel. Samuel, this the last of the judges, he's been called. And he was one who anointed David. He came before as a forerunner for David. This barren woman was promised a child who came as a forerunner. The Lord is the one who opens a barren womb. We see that in Psalm 113. Psalm 113, verse 9 says, He gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord. And then in Isaiah chapter 49, 
verse 19 says, Surely your waste and your desolate places and your devastated land, surely now you will be too narrow you will be too narrow from your inhabit for your inhabitants. And those who swallowed you up will be far away. The children of your bereavement will say in your ears, The place is too narrow for me. Make room for me who dwell in. Then you will say in your heart, Who has borne me these? I was bereaved and barren, exiled and put away. But who has brought these up? Behold, I was left alone. From where have these come? And as Isaiah is saying these words, he's talking about a time whenever this Israel, this nation who was punished by God, whose land was made desolate, Isaiah is prophesying of a time whenever the land that was barren, that was desolate, will be so full of all these people and Israel is going to sit back and think, where did all these come from? A barren woman who was given so many children, she couldn't fathom them all. And then we see it again in Isaiah. Isaiah 54 begins, Sing, O barren one who did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, for you have not been, you who have not been in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who was married, says the Lord. God was promising to His people, Israel, you are going to be barren, but one day there will come a time whenever you will be fruitful. You will multiply. You will fill the land with all kinds of people. And part of this points forward to the Gentiles coming in. The one who was barren becomes so fruitful that the Gentiles come in. Where is all this coming from? I think it comes from even further back in the Old Testament from Genesis chapter 3. We see the curse that was brought upon the serpent and upon the woman. We are all sinners. We are all broken. We are all dead in our sins. Because of Adam and Eve's sin, we have all inherited a broken world. Where does barrenness come from? It's because of that first sin. When we read from the, from the text there in Genesis 3, it says, The Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and above all the beasts of the field, and your belly shall, you shall go, and the dust of the earth you shall eat. And the days of your life, all the days of your life, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between her offspring, you, uh, your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. The Lord promised even then Eve, the woman who was the first sinner, the one who partook of the fruit and spiritually died the moment she partook of that, God said she was going to have an offspring who would one day come and crush the serpent's head. In verse 16, he said to the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. 
All the difficulty that comes with childbearing, barrenness, all of those things comes from the curse. But Jesus is the one, the descendant of Eve, the descendant of Abraham, the descendant of David was the one who came to defeat the curse. The one who came to set all things right. And so we see this pattern in the Old Testament of a barren woman, a barren couple, promised a child and God overcomes the barrenness. He gives them a child in spite of impossible odds. And we see the same thing in the New Testament. Luke opens up his Gospel and the first thing you hear is something you've heard before. And there was this man named Zechariah. He had a wife named Elizabeth. They were a righteous couple. but They had no child because Elizabeth was barren. And then you see the angel of the Lord, Gabriel, coming to them and saying, you're going to have a child. That was our clue in the beginning of Luke. Something is up. God is about to do something. But it's even greater. In Isaiah... As well, we've already looked at two passages in Isaiah, but in Isaiah chapter 7, we read of something even more impossible than a barren woman giving birth. In Isaiah chapter 7, we read, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call His name Emmanuel. Well, you thought it was hard for a hundred-year-old woman to have a child. What about a virgin? That's impossible. That was completely impossible. And yet God promised it and God delivered. We look forward at this time of the year. We celebrate Christmas, the time when God opened not only the womb of a barren woman, God caused a virgin birth, a greater miracle. And typology, the the types we see, the symbols, the patterns that we see always point to something greater than itself. When we read all these stories of this barren woman that is given a child, it points to something greater. It points to Jesus, the one who was born of a virgin. This first Sunday of Advent, We're going to think about hope. God is the one who is our hope. He brings hope out of impossible situations. He makes the barren woman sing. And He is the one who sent us the one who would crush Satan's head. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook.